So that's what I did. Not because I wanted to, but because I had to. And that's literally been a lot of my life. Not because I want to, but because I have to. How many people live that life? Not because I want to, but because I have to. God calls us to a higher purpose. Just want you to, I want to remind you of that. Whatever you're going through, whatever hard season, he's calling you higher. The lower he brings you, the higher he will take you. Remember that. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to thank you for listening to the If I Must Boast podcast. I want to take a quick moment to share the heart and the mission of this podcast. 2 Corinthians 11.30 says, If I must boast, I will boast the things that show my weakness. In sharing our weakness and stories of suffering, we are able to reveal God's strength and power. It is my hope that these real, authentic, raw conversations with just everyday people inspire you to the cross and give you the courage to share with your community what you were going through. Because within that, we are able to give God all the glory. With that, we have a solo podcast podcast for you today. Just your boy JP. Let's boast. Welcome into the podcast today, guys. I wish I can start it off with I'm excited. That is an emotion I feel. I am scared as well. I am tired. It has been a battle the last month and a half of my life. It is probably been the, the, the lowest I've ever been. The lowest I've ever been. Before I knew the Lord and knowing the Lord, uh, it's just really been a hard, hard fight that I'm just holding on right now at this moment. But I feel like it wouldn't be fair to you as a listener, to myself, to the just the podcast in general that, that is about speaking on our weakness to just cover up parts of me. And the Lord has made that clear that that's what the episode is going to be about today. It's going to be sharing my story. Um, it's going to be sharing about where I'm at today. And it's not easy to share any of this. I don't know how it gets received, um, but I know that when the Lord is in it, I can I can have peace in it. Um, and I just I just pray that the Lord speaks through me today and makes parts of my story that that may be tough to speak on, easy to speak on. Um, parts of my story. That may not make sense. That you may not understand. Um, a little bit more relatable. I pray that the, the Holy Spirit works through this conversation today. Um, and reveals something in you that you might be holding on to. Uh, or things that you need to heal through. I, I'm, I'm expecting of that in this conversation today. So... Uh, yeah, the Lord is the Lord is really good. I'm I've been struggling to believe that lately. I've been, I'm not gonna lie to you. I've been struggling to believe that the Lord is really good. I've I started to reflect on the last 27 years of my life. I just turned 27 a few weeks back, and it it does not look the way I, I thought it was gonna look. I, I reflect back to the seventh grade me who 
wanted to be married, like eventually like one day be married, um, have the house, have the kids. He had this all planned out by the time he was 24, he'd have all this. I mean, little did he know how much things cost, man. Inflation, bro, dude. Little JP did not know what inflation was, and it is even worse in 2024. So he he had some learning to do. But as I joke, those were all desires that I had before I knew the Lord. And desires that I had that increased as I knew the Lord. And it's been really hard to sit here at 27 and not have one dang thing that I wanted when I was in seventh grade. But really what I should have been wanting in seventh grade is to know the Lord, to love the Lord, and to know what it looks like to have a true dependence on Him. And that's something, as I sit here, as a 27-year-old, recently saved about four years ago, starting to really know what it looks like to have a true dependence, thirst, hunger for the Lord. That that five-year-old JP, that, that seventh grade JP, that high school, that college, that young adult JP, if he just knew what that meant and what that looked like in all of his suffering, things could have been a little bit better. I, I've I've uh, been just doing some reading through the Bible and just stories. I've actually heard this recently from Tim Ross, OG Tim Ross, The Basement. Shout out, my boy. Um, he mentioned... And this is just a great reminder to anyone is that the Bible is filled with people that are just trying to figure it out. Sheesh, isn't that true? And I want to read some scripture. I'm going off the top of my head here. I have some scripture here. I didn't know when I was going to pull it out, but Holy Spirit said pull it out right now. Here's the model example of just trying to figure it out in the Bible. It's from Paul in Philippians three twelve through 14. And let me read it for you. Not that I have already at- obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me, me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind... And straining forward to what is to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is Paul, somebody that's so mature, refined in his faith, in his dependence on the Lord, and he is even saying he hasn't obtained the ultimate prize the ultimate goal of holding on to Christ Jesus. If Paul hasn't, then how can I expect myself to be where I want to be? And I got to humble myself a little bit and give myself some grace 
that one, if I think I have made it, I am surely wrong. And two, when I think I, I'm not enough and I'm nowhere near where I want to be or where I think that he wants me to be out of my own selfish ambition that Paul is like, you're right. Cause I'm not either. And that's just what a, what a gentle reminder to us in that. And I want to point out a word in this, the word straining, straining forward. How I mentioned earlier that this is not all sunshines, sunshine and rainbows, our faith walk. It's actually the complete opposite. It is work. It is hard. There takes endurance and perseverance and discipline. And it is straining. Sanctification is straining. It would be very easy to go back to old ways. It's hard (laughs) to see things in yourself that need to be refined. You're like, ah, Lord, I don't want you to touch that. And you allow him to work on that. It's never going to be perfect, as Paul lays out. And I just want that to be a reminder to all of us to give ourselves a little bit more grace. To not compare yourself to others. To be exactly where you are. And to have a thirst and desire for the Lord. That is all our focus should be on. And what I also want to point out in this is that as we are trying to obtain this this, uh, model reflection of Jesus Christ, to take hold of Jesus Christ, to touch Jesus Christ, that as we strive and we strain towards that, Christ Jesus has already made us his own. He has already grabbed us. He is not letting go. How much peace and comfort can come from that? That yes, we have not made it. We may never make it. We probably won't make it to where we we think we ought to be. But he already holds us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that reminder. Thank you, God, for your grace, because that gives me peace as I sit here for the last week going crazy over what I should be doing, what I could have done differently in my career, relationships, whatever it is. I could have done this better. I could have done that better. I could have this amount of money. I could have made this decision that he tells me not to look back anymore, that when I make that decision to follow him and strain towards him, that he holds me. And he doesn't hold any of that against me. As others might persecute me, and as other might, others might hold things against me, and they might say I'm not good enough for whatever reason, that the Lord says I am good enough, that I am worthy, that I am loved, You are loved. I want to point out another story in scripture before I jump into my testimony. Um, I know this intro went a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Like I said, he is just guiding conversation today. So I'm excited for that. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for guiding the conversation today. Is 
the uh, the lady, she, they don't have a name. Very interesting, right? Because society didn't give these people names. They had names, but like just who they were. Um, it's always interesting to see who Jesus spent time with and who he healed and who he went after, what hearts he went after. Uh, but the hemorrhaging woman, the one that was for 12 years in suffering, how, how many of you have suffered for 12 years or what feels like 12 years or what maybe for a lot of others is a lot of years. For me, it feels like my whole life. I was sitting in the car yesterday after work and I just had a, I had a really rough day after work and I just screamed. I'm like, Lord, when will I have a good day? I haven't had a good day and I don't know how long. One that I can just walk in full peace and contentment. And you might hear that and be like, whoa, where's your trust in the Lord, dude? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. It is hard. Life is hard. I love Jesus. It is hard. But I don't know who need, I don't know who's been suffering for however long and they feel like it's not going to get better. The story this story this lady had so much faith. She had tried everything and it only made things worse, made the bleeding worse. No other options. And she hears of this dude, Jesus, this, this rabbi, Jesus, this, this guy that's been healing people. And she goes on a mission to find him. And when she is able to get close to him, there's just a huge crowd of people. Huge crap. No, really no way to get to him. Especially because she's unclean. She finds a way. And all she needs to do is just one touch of his garment. She has the faith that only one touch would heal her. And it did. And what does this dude Jesus say to her? He said to her, Mark five thirty four, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. It's, I really don't know how to, how to phrase this. So I apologize in advance, but like, and I don't want to use words that he wouldn't want me to use. But that lady Yes, she bled for 12 years, and it, it's just a f real just, it, it, it hurts for me, that, that amount of suffering. But these stories are not telling us that like we're always going to be healed. But like what you should get key in on is what it looks like to reach out to Jesus. And this is what I'm learning in this, on this, honestly, today. In times of pain and heartache, isolation, loneliness, um, depression, whatever the, whatever the thing is for you, reaching out to Jesus as the source. 
in order to receive the truth. And that truth is that you are loved and you are known intimately by your creator. Only he can know you that way. You don't, you don't need to go to somebody else for that. And man, again, another reminder. He desires intimate relationship with you. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30 says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We can find rest for our souls in him by just one touch. One touch of the garment. I don't know what that looks like, what step you need to take for you to have that one touch, that faith, that obedience of one touch. But I ask that you yeah, you think on that. Because I find a lot of peace in knowing that. And that that's what excites me. As I've been scared, and I've been just going through every thought for the last month and a half, every de- de- degrading thought that I have of who I am, that I'm not enough, that one touch can fix all of it. And what I will say, as I jump into my testimony, I'm, I want to learn what one touch of his garment today can help heal five-year-old me, seventh-grade-year-old me, high school and college me. Did I just say seventh-grade-year-old me? (laughs) Seventh-grade me? I want to know what that looks like because I'm begging Lord for that. So let's, let's, switch gears here a little bit and let's jump into my testimony and how the Lord has just worked in my life um, and continues to work in my life today. I, like I said, I, I did not grow up in a Christian household. I was born to two parents that had very hard, hard, harsh upbringings um, we'll start with my dad. He grew up in Detroit, Michigan. As everybody knows, not a great city. Um, his dad died when he was about seven years old. Funny, funny connection here. My parents got divorced when I was about seven years old. And that was the moment where I really lost my dad, I feel like. It's crazy how it can play out that way. Generational curses are real, man. And I've been trying to break all of them for a long time. I I was trying to break all of them. And I did not let the Lord into that. And we'll get into, like I said, when I got saved. But it's been a battle. So, I mean, that's a, that's a guy that 
did not have his father in his life, did not graduate high school, did not know the Lord, and really just did everything as best as he could. My mother now, she um, comes from two parents that were that were born in Puerto Rico, uh, very, very impoverished. I had the blessing and the privilege to go to Puerto Rico a few years back and see kind of where my grandparents grew up, and it was it was like a one bedroom shack, a one bedroom shack, just bad, no AC. I don't even know if it had like. Yeah, I had nothing. I had nothing. Bad. They came over to the U.S. Um, when the U.S. Uh, when Puerto Rico became a U.S. territory, and they ended up living in basically section was it section eight housing, um, the projects. For for another another way to use that term, uh, my mom grew up in that. She was one of, I believe, nine or ten kids. She's the youngest of those. She, her dad, my grandfather was an alcoholic. He, I, I want to honor all of them in this, so I'm sorry. I'm just trying to share as, as much as I can while being respectful, but just to understand and, and for somebody to relate. Uh, he just was an alcoholic, would abuse my grandmother, just not really just so many demons that he had to fight I'm sure I only knew him without a tongue because he like I said an alcoholic he just I think he eventually ended up dying of like throat cancer um just really tough I can only imagine my mom's pain and all that and the trauma so these two people come together and they have me and they have my sister who's about a few years younger than me and they, for for what they came from and what they created early on in life, you can only dream of that, of that turnaround. But then 9-11 happened. My dad worked on Wall Street. He had a changing career, and then he just got burned out. Um, actually, he should have been in the towers the day that it happened. And luckily enough for us that he lost the battle with my mom of who was taking me to daycare and who was taking my sister to like the babysitter or something. And he ended up going in late and his boss was like, just don't come in. So he just, it's crazy how, how the world works. One move. Right. And we end up moving to Colorado after, after the job change. And he, he gets a, he starts a landscaping business out there and there's some success in that and some good years that I don't really remember maybe I'm in first, second grade at the time. But I do, I do remember the, the moments that I had my dad around with my parents together and the ones where he was around when they got divorced, just trying to seek his approval. And it was always, I've always been this emotional kid, uh, like to share his feelings. It's just real and authentic all the time. And he saw that as feminine. And then he just had this suspicion that I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to say the word. Just He just thought I was different than other guys or other kids. And my mom always battled him on it. 
and, and man, that just that sticks with you. You know, it's like you're seeking your approval from your dad, and he thinks you're not this man, or there's gonna be this, there's gonna be this man, or this you're not a boy really. And that's all I wanted to prove. And then they get divorced uh, through just through my mom wanting to protect us, um, and also just the relationship not being great in general finances they end up filing bankruptcy and we lose a house and just lost a lot of things I lost my dad in that and I just I really focused on sports that just became my goal I just wanted to prove something to my dad I wanted to make it and that became the the mission for me I didn't really do I always joke with friends like hey you play board games and all this it's like dude I didn't have a fun really a fun day as a kid at all I just played sports I would come home from school and I would stick handle because I played hockey growing up I would just stick handle uh, a golf ball in the basement just work on my quick hands that's what I did for fun that's 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 it's tough it's tough it was tough tough uh the about a few weeks after my parents split, there was a new a new man around, and that was hard for a lot of years. I feel like on this, I just had to protect my sister. I was just like, I became the man of the house for, for me and her. Um, we ended up moving to New York. My dad stayed in Colorado, so I was miles and miles, hours and hours away from him. the relationship that my mom had with that man ended up ending and we had nothing nothing so we moved back to New Jersey to stay with family about six months into staying with family my mom and sister or her sister my aunt have a little falling out and we get kicked out of the house and we had a few days I don't know how long it was of just homelessness sleeping in a car in seventh grade and and that was a very pivotal moment in my life of I didn't I didn't want that for myself I was like when I become an adult I'm gonna have money I'm gonna like I alluded to earlier I'm gonna have a house I'm gonna have a wife I'm gonna have kids We're, we're gonna be good never never will I struggle like that to see my mom struggle like that to see my sister scared just not great not great and this whole time we're in a city where it's very suburban middle class no one really struggles like that and we had to put on a front I had to put on a front that I had it all together at school even when I was like while this is going on like I'm literally going to school I'm like yeah dude like I got it together I'm a good athlete I could do I'm doing all this and we eventually were able to move into like a basement apartment. My sister, my mom, and I all slept in the same bed for about two years, maybe a year and a half, a year. And I was an eighth grader sleeping in the same bed with his mom and his sister. <laughs> no wonder I'm always emotional and talking about my feelings, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was very in close proximity to <laughs> girls that do that. Uh, so, yeah, that was... 
that was always like an interesting time period. I get to high school and it becomes basketball is my only way because hockey ended because we just didn't have the money. We moved states. It was just, it just ended up burning out. I ended up picking up basketball and that's the sport that I just, I hone in on. This whole time through high school, I want to be a history teacher. And I remember the day I, I, I told my dad I wanted to be a history teacher. He's like, there's no money in that, son. You can't do that. I then transition. I think this is my senior year. I then transition to, okay, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a sports doctor. I quickly realize mm, a month into AP Bio that I was not cut out to that life. <laughs> Your boy was not cut out. So I ended up, once again, no morals, values. There's no moral compass. Why would there be? No, like no one taught me anything. I just did whatever I wanted to do. I just cheat on tests. Some classes I didn't cheat because I was just naturally gifted at it. History, for example, AP Gov. And I just I was like, I'm just gonna have to make it that way. And then I realized I just I'm not gonna do this sports doctor things. I can't study, so I'm gonna go into finance, wealth management. What better way to never be poor again than to go into that field? So that's what I did. Not because I wanted to, but because I had to. And that's literally been a lot of my life. Not because I want to, but because I have to. How many people live that life? Not because I want to, but because I have to. God calls us to a higher purpose. Just want you to, I want to remind you of that. Whatever you're going through, whatever hard season, he's calling you higher. The lower he brings you, the higher he will take you. Remember that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to also reflect. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here. But through high school, there was something else I wanted to mention. I just can't. It's just not coming to mind right now. Um, so I apologize for that. Oh, thank you. My mom this whole time is a single mother just trying to make it. Working, I don't know how many jobs, working till nighttime. I get off of school. I was actually talking about this with one of my, my uh, bosses today. I would, I'd get like the free lunches. High school, I was able to get like five bucks for lunch and I would go to Burger King or something. I'd get like the free lunches. I'd come home from school and I would make a butter sandwich. And he's like, did you toast it? No, nope, no toast. It was just butter and a piece of bread. I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> and then she would, she worked till like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. Every night, I remember, it was like the best time of the night. She'd call me. She'd be like, what do you guys want for dinner? Man, we can get Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's, Subway. It was whatever. I never... Aside from holidays, we never made home cooked like meals. I never learned how to do that. I was on my own. My, my sister and I was on my like. We just did it. Like we just figured it out from a very young age. We had to grow up, and I never learned how to do a lot of stuff. And I'm not afraid to admit that anymore. I used to be so afraid. I still don't know how to do a lot of things. But yeah, she would just buy whatever food and it was just, <laughs> we loved it at the time. 
I don't know how I did that while playing basketball. It was crazy. Uh, but yeah, I, I get through high school and I was able to earn um, an opportunity to play basketball in college. It wasn't fully paid for. I had to take out some student loans, which that plays into my story a little bit. Uh, but I had the finally the freedom to be whoever I wanted to be again as an athlete at a school where it was like, oh, you're an athlete. That, okay, you're 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 in the like you're in the cool crowd or whatever. So I get there and I think it was like one of the first couple games. I end up starting for the first time as a freshman, and I have a two or three games where I just scored 20 points, and I win Rookie of the Week. And I went from being unknown at the school to everybody knowing me, the girls knowing me, all of that. And it it fed into me because it was the first time I really got affirmation. And I loved it. Like, what, can you blame an 18-year-old, 19-year-old kid that has never had affirmation before in his life that now has all these people around him boosting his ego? Man, I love that. Um, and then there ended up being a girl on the on the women's basketball team that was their best player. And I was like, I'm going to win her. I'm going to get her. And I did. Because your boys is like that. <laughs> uh, and I did. And, and this is, I want to honor her. I haven't spoke to her in a long time. There was a lot of hurt in that relationship. She dealt with a lot of things. And I... And I stuck through it with her. There was, there was cheating. Just, I mean, that's just two college kids. And and I just remember I was like, I'm gonna stick this out because my parents didn't. Um, and that led to a lot of hurt in that relationship. And I don't blame anybody. It's just two kids trying to figure it out. That's all life is. It's just, once again, like I said, the Bible is full of people just trying to figure it out. And when you realize that, how much more grace you can have for yourself and for others in the world we live in now. Um, but yeah, so that led to a lot of hurt. And that was about three years. So I was from freshman year to, to my end of my junior year. And I went to my senior year, coming off a, a year where I led the nation in assists. I was just really killing it in basketball. The Lord really blessed me in that way with, with athleticism. And I'm thankful for that because I've, it really did fulfill me for a lot of years. Um, I go into that year, senior year where I'm like, I'm the man. I can get any girl I want. I'm going to party and I'm going to kill this basketball season. I killed the basketball season. I partied and I hooked up with a lot of girls. I thought that was the cool thing to do because your boy was just hurt the whole time he's like man I lost the love of my life Miles what's the point of anything right now and uh, I hurt myself a lot in that I'm sure I hurt a lot of others and I did that and I never really healed I came to the end of my basketball season I led the nation in assist again broke school records um and I remember just getting plaques and rewards and it just not being fulfilling. Not being what I thought it was going to be. Like, I like I finally made it, dude. I finally made it. 
and I had nothing. And I was just like, okay, well then I'm just going to, since I'm not healed, I'm just going to get another girlfriend. And I did. Actually, let me pause here. Let me back up a little bit. My freshman year, we mentioned this story on the first podcast. I walked in to my roommate's room, Henry, who was on the podcast. And I said, why are you reading your Bible, dude? That's stupid. Man, I crushed his spirit, as you heard on that first episode. And I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry for who I was at that moment. There was all the trauma, the bitterness, resentment of how I was brought up and how I thought life should be. That in that moment, I I just didn't want to believe in a God because what God would allow that to happen? As we move forward and we see, I, I come to Christ. That's the God that we serve. Is that he, he, it wasn't originally planned that way. But it's our sin and our, our decisions that have led to that. But that's why Jesus was sent to free us from that. I, if I would have known that in that moment, I would have been all on board. And that's why I said earlier, I wish the, the five-year-old me, the seventh grade me, the college me knew that, knew the gospel. But I know it now and that's, oh man, it's so good. But let's continue with me not knowing the Lord. Um, so I, I get the relationship as I'm leaving college. I no longer have basketball. I, I take a job that I didn't really want because I just wanted to get by and figure it out. And that goes on for about a year, and then COVID hits. My girlfriend breaks up with me. I lose my job. I hadn't worked out in about a year. I was totally lost. The, the money from student loan debt was just crippling me. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm going right back. I'm, I'm on the path that my parents are going on. That what that that they went on. I, I I can't do it. Like, what else is there to do? I've done everything. And I, I had, I, I just had this moment of like, dude, put it all aside, and just let's see what this this. Jesus thing is so I reach out to Henry I reach out to my my friend Noble and I just ask questions they, they send me resources send me sermons and they just kind of pour into me during this season for the first time in my life I start praying I start attending church on Sundays online because of COVID and about a couple months into that I go on a walk and I just, it's, it was really a hard time in my life. And I go on a walk and I'm just, I feel this presence, this warm presence. And it's all okay in that moment. Everything that was all okay. And I gave my life to Christ that day. I wish I can tell you that it went on from there. Like, oh, it was just all great. It wasn't. And the, the the firmer foundation that I sit in today, the more knowledgeable, the more Holy Spirit-driven person that I am today through him, if he would have known those things, like if he would have known that, like that's how it's, it's okay to feel that way, I think he could have walked in obedience a little bit better.
but he didn't. Um, I, I pursued my relationship the way I kind of knew how as a baby Christian for about a year in New Jersey out of college and the, the Nashville comes on my heart and I, I, this whole time I'm trying to pay off student loan debt. I'm just going hard at it. I have this good job and Nashville's on my heart and I'm like, I can't do it, Lord. I can't do it. I, I need to pay off my student loans first. I got to, I got to wait. I got to wait another year, a year and a half. And he just confirmed it in so many different ways for me. And I'm like, I got to go. I got to go. And I did it with one week notice. I ripped the bandaid off and I did it. Funny enough, like people were hitting me up like two months later, like, hey, you want to hang out? I'm like, dude, I live in Nashville now. I'm like, what? Yeah, I, I didn't know a soul when I came down here. Um, yeah, it was just just trying to figure it out. I get plugged in playing basketball. I should have got plugged into a church. I, I, I got plugged in playing basketball and I just get caught in this like going out crowd. And it's all on me. Like I decided to do that. And I'm right back in that that uh, that trap, that wheel of drinking, partying, um, just staying out late, doing whatever, spending money. And it leaves me in a really bad place for another year. Like I was attending church, but I didn't know what it looked like to walk faithfully, faithfully and obediently with Christ. I wanted to. I just didn't know how to do it. I think there was also just candidly growing up not knowing the Lord and you come to the Bible Belt, I was so afraid to go to a church that was going to push me because I didn't want to walk in there and, and show who I truly was because I didn't know how they were going to receive me. So I went to a church that I felt comfortable with and then I was able to kind of fit in. I can just walk in the side entrance, do my thing, get out. And uh, I did that for a year. And then the Lord... Or not the Lord, my best friend at the time, he were out one night and he gets hit by a car running across the street. And he was in a coma for about two months. He miraculously heals. And this whole time I'm praying, Lord, I'm like, if you're real, show me. Like, if it's your will, what's your if it's your will to heal him, like I will stop messing around. I'll figure it out and I'll look. I'll, I will strain ahead, <laughs> as Paul says. I will strain ahead. Because it's so hard to break all these chains. It's so hard to change who I was. Like when you live that certain way most of your life and it was all wrong and you have to admit to yourself that it was all wrong. Like, hey, Lord, I, everything I was doing was all wrong. I think so many people don't even, they don't want it to be real or they don't ever get to know the Lord or come to Christ because they're just so deep in the sin that admitting that you're wrong is is hard. I'm thankful that the Lord allowed me to lay all that pride aside and just say, I am wrong, and he filled me with his grace. Every time, even when I, when I kind of knew him or thought I knew him, grace, 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 because I just kept messing up and, and I just couldn't, it was Romans 7. Like I, All the good I wanted to do, I just couldn't do. And all the bad I didn't want to do, I, I continued to do. In that moment where my friend gets healed, there's baptisms that same weekend. And I'm like, this is it. I know what it means now. And I'm. this is time. 
and again, that moment happened, and I wish I could have told you it was all sunshine and rainbows from there again. But this time it stuck a little bit better. I started getting plugged in a small group. I quit alcohol the week before I got baptized. I said, Lord, whatever takes me one step away from you, one millimeter away from you, let me get rid of it. And that was alcohol. That was going out and partying. That was, you know, not that I was addicted to porn. Or, like, that was porn. Sexual, immor- sexual immorality. Lord, anything that takes me away from you, let me get rid of it. I, I, I'm tired of it. I will get rid of it. And that's obviously not a full-blown perfect practice. But it's something I continue to strive for, to strain for every day. Lord, take away things I don't even see inside me. My friends have been the best community in this. It's like, dude, I see this in you. You need to get rid of that. Yes, let's get rid of it. Okay, so I'm sorry I went off on a tangent there, but I uh, end up going getting in a small group, and I this I am so scared, so scared to go in the small group. I I don't know how I'm gonna be received. I'm like, dude, my story is crazy. Who who can relate to this? Um, is that logically who can relate? Uh, don't know if anybody knows that. Um, I I go into that. I pray. I'm like, Lord, if I can just find one friend. Please, please, I just need one friend. And I get there, and I and I end up making three of my best friends, some of my best friends. And I want to call out one of them. Roy, dude, you are my homie, bro. If I don't meet you, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do without you, bro. You have been a spiritual mentor of mine. You have poured into me. You have kept me on the fighting the good fight when I don't want to fight the fight. You know what's been going on recently in the last month, the last week where I've been at, and you've just poured into my life. And I appreciate our our uh, our runs, our just hanging out. I just appreciate your wisdom. And I'm thankful for you, brother. I'm thankful for you. And I, I, I hope, I pray that I know it's kind of an an imbalanced relationship that I hope I can, I hope I can just repay you in some way down the line. I hope the Lord gives me those opportunities. I I pray that the Lord reveals those opportunities for me to repay you in some way. I know you, I know that sounds like a, like an unfair relationship. There's, you don't, you don't want anything from me, but look, I, I'm so thankful for you, brother. I just want you to know that. Uh, but you, they, they, the, that community pours into me and I'm able to just be my real authentic self there. Because at this point, I, I know, I believe everything. I've seen it. I, I feel like I saw Jesus, like I was there. That's, uh, that's the faith I, I wanted to have. Is that it didn't matter what the storm was, what people said, if people hurt me. 
like the church hurt, none of that. Like it didn't affect my relationship with Jesus because Jesus understood that. He's the, the 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 one form that could understand what it looks like to be persecuted and misunderstood and be treated unfairly and not deserving of it. I can relate to that guy. And then I eventually I I hit a wall or the Lord makes the wall pretty like he just puts it there. Like this whole time the Lord is just working things out of me. I, like I said, I went from being like three to four nights a week drinking to the Lord just completely changing my heart in that. Like, this is wrong for you, Justin. I have so much more. And he just, he allowed me to have the strength to do that. Um, Just the way I viewed life, he just worked so much in that. And I, and I, I hit this wall the Lord put there and he's like this it's time for you to transition to somewhere else I have more for you because I, I just I needed more I needed to be in the word more I need to be around a group of people that just that held me accountable that pushed me higher put and pulled me forward when I didn't want to do the walk they can they can just drag me and I and I found that community through one of my friends Lainey she, we're gonna have her on the podcast next week um i was able to get connected with her when i first moved down here and we'll explain that story on the podcast um thankful for that but i was just so stubborn that whole time where i'm like "Ah, i don't feel like going to church where you go and then eventually i was like hey i know you've been saying it but you were right what's this church like where do you go and i end up showing up and i get i just feel so I know it's awesome just to be around this community. It's the community that I'm currently in. And I've just learned so much through this. Um, been around some great people. Just awesome opportunities. Some of my best friends now have come through this. And it's also been, there's been a lot of hurt in this season two from it. Uh, but I, I wouldn't change it for anything. The Lord has placed me in a place that I'm so thankful for. That as I sit here um, a little over two years in Nashville, and I look back and I start to like regret my decision sometimes to move to Nashville because I'm like, I would have had you know, the money and all that a little bit more figured out. I can see why he did it sooner than I wanted to because I wouldn't be sitting doing this podcast I wouldn't be in the the community that I'm in I wouldn't have grown the way I've the way he has grown me if I didn't move when I moved and that's what obedience to the Lord looks like even when you're not fully on board at all times that his perfect plan always works out and I thought his perfect plan as the year was ending, truthfully, was going somewhere totally different as I stepped into 2024. And that's where this season gets really hard for me today, is I thought this was going to be a year of of different things. And this year looks, it looks totally unknown to me now. The career, 
the the relationships, um, a bunch of different things. Just I don't know. And it's really hurt. There's been a lot of hurt, uh, and I I want to share this because I, f- I need people to relate, or I want to relate with people. I feel misunderstood. I feel like a misfit. But Lord, I'm I'm doing everything I can to to be better. I'm 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 doing I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm I'm just I'm really trying. I think I'm listening to you. I I think I'm doing this. I I I And he's really just revealed like hey, I'm driving this. I know you thought you were going to be somewhere else, but don't you trust me? But Lord, I, I don't I don't know if I trust you. I, my plan seems so sweet. It seems so good. I know you don't see it now, but I have something so much sweeter, so much greater. If you can just trust me and be patient with me, it will play out. I will show you. If you can walk in obedience, if you can get through this storm, hold on, my son. Hold on. And that's what I've been doing. I have just been holding on. One touch of the garment. I, one touch. I am. My fingers are are literally. They're fall. I'm on the ledge and I'm just holding on. And I can barely hold on anymore. That's where I'm at. And and every part of my fleshly desires wants to do it in my own strength. Okay, I got to do this. I got to make the move. I got to make the career jump. I got to make this happen. No more. Mm-mm, no more of that. No more of I. Holy Spirit, lead me. Who here today that's listening needs more of the Holy Spirit leading? I know, I, I know it can be so hard in the suffering as you compare yourself and you're like, well, it, yeah, it's easy for them. They had it so much easier than me. Lord, why do they have it so much easier? Of course they can walk in contentment and peace and they can trust you. They, they have it so good. Lord, I can't do that. I have to do it in my own strength because I don't. You understand? I don't. I don't have the money. I don't have uh, the perfect family. I, I didn't have that. Like I don't. You understand my that my mom and came from poverty and that my dad lost his dad at seven years old and that we just we lost our family and and we lost our house and and we lost this. We lost that. Like don't you don't you know that, Lord? I can't do that. Be patient, my son. 
For only if you knew the plans that I have for you But the thing is, we do know the plans, the plans for us to prosper, the plans for us to have complete joy and contentment if we just trust and wait. I, I hope that resonates with somebody today because that's where I sit today. What does it look like for me to follow the Lord today and how is he sanctifying, renewing me? It looks like me crying out every night. Lord, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. But I know this is the only the only outlet I have. You you are all I have, Lord. What else what else can I do? I got nothing else. That's what it looks like to follow the Lord right now for me. And it might look that way for you in this season. I want to give you permission. It is okay for it to look that way. It doesn't have to be, oh, the Lord is just so great in this season. He's just doing this. He's doing that. Like, I'm just really learning and all of that. That's great. But if it's not you, you don't have to speak like that. You don't have to fake it. It's okay to walk into a Bible study, into church, and be like, guys, it ain't easy for me right now. I need your help. Like, I am at my end. I don't know much longer I can hold on. I trust the Lord. Sure, like, I have my doubt. Like, um, am I worth it? Because no one else sees me as worth it. I know, I know the Lord sees me as worth it, but like, for some reason, that's not enough for me right now. It's okay to feel all those feelings. And I challenge you to feel it, and I challenge you to talk about that. Because the Lord is so good. I, I, I feel so much closer with Him when I talk like that with Him than I do when it's fake and it's forced. I mean, again, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. The ones whose spirit is broken. He is close to those. That's who he came for. Remember that. I uh, I don't I didn't know how long this podcast was going to go for. I don't know if any of it really makes sense. I trust the Lord will make it clear. But I'm thankful for being able to share my vulnerability. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm thankful for um, the relationships that He has redeemed in my life with my mother. My mother and I have, have battled for a lot of years. She's, I'm going to honor her, but she's done some some things 
that, that I just have held on to for a long time. She said some things. I've said some things to her. And I've recently, in all this hurt and pain, I've, I've went to her and I've been like, hey, I'm sorry for the things I've said for the, the person I've been. Because, man, there was a time when she hurt me recently, maybe six or seven months ago, and I was like, I, I'm okay with not talking to you for the rest of my life. I sit here, I, I have cried to her on the phone, I have spoken to her every day. The Lord has, has redeemed that. There is one thing I'm for sure of. As I, as I get to know the Lord for myself and not for how he works in other people's lives. Is he can redeem anything. He can renew anything. If I just let him do the work. He he will renew this mind of mine that is going crazy. That has very intrusive, dark thoughts. He will redeem that. It's been something actually I've been battling with him on it recently. And I'm like, Lord, this might be wrong of me to say. But it's just where I'm at. I'm real with him. Lord, all this I have gone through, all the suffering, not just in this season, because this one's like, bro, I mean, let's be real. It hurts, but like, come on, dude, not the end of the world for you. But just as you compile it all over the course of 27 years, it's like, man, yeah, a lot of that suffering is self-imposed. Some of it's circumstan- circumstantial. Um, just all the suffering, I'm like, dude, I can't do this no more. I can't do the suffering no more. This level of suffering. I can't. I can't. I'm done. I'm done. Done. I'm, I tap out. I tap out. Lord, because if you're just trying to do mediocre, I, I don't want any part of the suffering anymore. Mm-mm. Drake hand. Drake hand. But I know he has a bigger plan and a bigger purpose. He has a calling for each one of us. Not that my calling is higher than somebody else's. But man, if you are going through these hard seasons and it seems like it's never going to let up and your whole life has just been one thing after the other and suffering after suffering, he will use you in that and he will use you outside of it. That is the bigger plan. So yeah, I can sit here and mope or I can sit here and boast about it. And I choose to boast because I know that I'm expectant of how the Lord is going to use all of this to further his kingdom. If you are an atheist, listen to this. I, I appreciate you for being here. If you have your questions and your doubt, I understand I was right where you were. I... I will anything I say is not going to do anything to change your mind. I'll let the Holy Spirit work on that. As he's as the Lord has just worked on my life, I just wanted to be an example of how he can change anybody.
I, I did not want to be changed. I wanted to do it all myself. I wanted to do it all myself. There's still parts of me that wants to do it all myself. But I know he's going to continue to work on me. And I love every part of it. I love that I can sit here and have this conversation and speak the way I speak and have him allow me to speak the way I speak because of what the work that he's done in my life. Man, I would not speak this way two years ago, three years ago, five years ago. I would have I would have listened to this and I would be like, bro, this guy's on something for real. He has issues. The Lord is so great. I I am thankful for each one of you as listeners. I've I pray that's the I pray the Holy Spirit is just working in our life. I know I know the Holy Spirit is working in our life. I pray that you you hear these words that come out of my mouth. You hear the story that that I have spoken today. And I know it can be scary. I I just hope the Lord has revealed something in your story, something that you may want to share. Something that you might need to heal from. I pray that's inspired your faith. It's reinvigorated your faith. It's reinvigorated mine. So I want to thank you for allowing me the space to speak openly, courageously about what I'm doing because it's brought a lot of peace to me. Lord, thank you for creating that platform. I pray for the people out there that are that are at their at their end and they can't go on any longer. I pray that you show up like you always do. I pray that you comfort. I pray for the healing of those that are hurting. And I pray for the understanding for those that don't have that level of trauma or suffering that they are able to 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 sit with those listen to those people's stories that are sharing that with them that feel confident and and, and safe enough to share their stories that they don't have to say anything they just have to sit there and listen and and just love on them so I pray for that level of discernment for those that might be in those situations that you give them the right words the right actions to receive the people that are suffering Lord you are so good continue to fill us with wisdom continue to impress your grace upon us continue to mold us continue to to show us the opportunities in life that we can reflect your light more that we can that we can give more that we can share more 
Allow us to see the next right step. Give us the courage to take the next right step. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. You are so good. Thank you for saving me from all of it. Thank you for taking all of this and repurposing it to grow your kingdom. Thank you for that reminder, that revelation that I don't always, <laughs> I don't always, I don't always take it and champion that. Lord, allow me to champion, allow us to champion how you repurpose our suffering into growing your kingdom. And take away the championing of, of our pride and our egos that let us hold on to the past and the parts of our lives that we just don't give to you because it's not, no, you don't touch that, Lord. I pray that we all allow that to get thrown out. And thank you, thank you Lord, for that you wait on us to do that. That you don't just forget us during that. That you still use us. You still use the broken people. And you will always use the broken people. So thank you, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry for the longest prayer. <laughs> that was might have been my longest prayer I've ever prayed. I... I'm thankful for all of you guys. And I just want to I want to leave the DMs open on Instagram, either my personal ones or or the if I must boast podcast. Um the the links to those will be in the description on the podcast episode. I want to be a man of integrity and a man of my word. And it did not feel right to just have another guest on or or to keep kicking the can down the road of of uh sharing what I needed to share when I felt the time was right or when I was fully okay. Nuh-uh. Boasting, boasting of your weakness is in the moment. And I, and I would have been a fraud if I didn't do that. So thank you for, for allowing that platform. And I'm excited for next week's episode because it's going to be a real one. I hope you guys have a great weekend.